Welcome to episode 469 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's just not sure where we stand. In this episode, we talk about Shredder's Revenge, Game Changer, and Obi-Wan. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So get ready to yield because we've taken the high ground. And I want to emphasize this. I hate you. kick off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. I want to start things off by saying I am literally an hour and a half off of a week-long trip. I just got back just in time to watch a 45-minute episode of Obi-Wan and have 10 minutes to get things set up for uh, for this record. So, my brain is a little mushy. Um, yeah. And uh, I've been driving for the last two days. So, um, but yeah. that being said, I am excited because it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here and I have listened to the episode that you recorded and I have lots to say at you. Um, sure. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, that's how we're going to get things started. Lauren, why don't you kick us off for the Around the Table? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, this has been most fun week the entire way through. Obviously, there's been some really terrible stuff going on in America that makes it not very fun. I've spent a huge amount of time uh, just reading the news and stuff, which is great, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about it because it just like puts me in a bad mood and makes me depressed. So, yeah, just great to like think about the fact that I have like res- less rights as I'm talking today than I did last week. So super fun stuff to talk about, you know. <laughs> uh, Janelle Monet summed it up very well at the BET Awards. I I didn't uh, what see did what she, she said or anything. Oh, uh, fuck SCOTUS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have to agree right now. They're really it, just messing up all over the place. It like with everything. But it's anyway, crazy. let's talk about fun things. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, because you guys got to say things. I want to say. I have been so torn this week. I have not talked about this with anybody, but I was at Disney. Sorry to put you on the spot. (laughs) No, 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 it's fine. I I was at Disney and when all of this stuff was happening and I was doing my absolute best to parse those things out, but there were these really heavy moments. Um, One of them, we were at dinner actually for uh, Becca's birthday. We went to dinner and that whole time, that's all I could think about. Like it was just... It, yeah. it weighed so heavy on me and it doesn't even directly affect me. Right. Obviously. But there was just this heaviness and this weight of what the hell are we doing as a country? How are we letting this happen? I read that. I read this, yeah. this post from uh, Michelle Obama, where she said uh, she quoted that, that, that famous quote of those who um, don't heed history are, are doomed to repeat it. Right. And she's like, how are we here? And, and yeah, you think that like the people that are like the top end of government would be paying attention to this stuff. And like, it's just really frustrating. <laughs> it's it's absolutely mind boggling. And I've gone to bed several times this week hoping that I would wake up and, and it was and it like it hadn't hadn't actually happened because, yeah, it, it's so kind of... absolutely sad. And, and I, I saw some friends post about this, like essentially doing a a victory lap because of this thing. And I'm like, you are the reason why people do not like Christianity. 
It has nothing yeah. to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with your small-minded bullshit. And it's been just this, this tearing of my insides of wanting to just have a magical, fun, amazing time at Disney. And then also the reality of what's happening in the world outside of that. And and yeah. realizing I needed this so badly because this is just <laughs> such absolute garbage. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a, a really polarizing week for a lot of reasons. But anyway, we can yeah. move on from that. We are this this show is not yeah. about that. This show is an escape from some of that. So yeah. what else so, happened to you this week? To it, and in more positive light, uh, I was excited because Umbrella Academy came out this week. That was fun. Uh, I did launch my new poster for season two. If you want to check it out, it's um, on my Etsy and everything now. And I actually like made my first TikTok. So like I'm actually doing it. If you guys want to like uh, follow me on TikTok, I'm like making an effort to do that. So far, so good with my single attempt. So <laughs> I'm proud of myself for like and doing you talked. It. You did both. Yeah, ticking I, and I did it. I did okay. it. I, I feel I feel really accomplished in a weird way. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just like starting trying to get started on that, uh, okay. whatever that will be. Um, and then I have a lot of conventions coming up. So I've been getting ready for that, basically. Um, so I've got uh, Denver Comic Con coming up this weekend. So if you're in that area, come say hi. Uh, right after that, I'll have Comic Palooza and then C2E2. So we're just like coming at you like it's just convention season. I'm, I'm ready to get going and I'm excited. Um, so that's basically been what I've been doing mostly. Uh, I did, uh, take a break on my game of Thrones watch to watch the staircase, which is like a yes. true crime thriller on HBO. I thought it was really good. I watched all of it in one sitting. Oh, <laughs> like just that is heavy. In the background while I worked all day. Yes. It, I, so I took heavy. a break. I took a break in the middle of the day. Like I got, okay. So they're like two sittings, but like one day, you know, like I took a like two hour break to like go do some stuff that wasn't in, near the TV. So like I, I, the, then I was like, I just really want to know what happens in those last three episodes. So I just like had to go back and watch it. I think it's like a really good, it's, it's very interesting because I think a lot of these um, true crime TV shows that are like based on something I've already seen multiple seen or heard multiple documentaries about sometimes are tough because like you just know a lot of information. So you're not going to have a lot of the like twists, like you're not gonna have surprises basically. So I think it's like a hard um, battle to fight. And this has been something where like even the documentary that was made is included in this TV show. So I, I have seen the documentary Jedi and I have listened to the podcast version of the documentary as well. And I thought both those were good, but it's been a while. And then I was hearing such great things about the show. I was like, well, I'll watch a, the first episode, see what I think. And I thought it was like very compelling way to tell this story and got like super, super hooked. I liked how they did like, um, the, the sort of multiple recreations, like as you hear more theories of seeing her, like, um, like, like you see a, yes. like a real version of every time that how yes. she got killed possibly because there's all these different theories of like how she may have how died it actually or happened right yeah like how it actually happened what, what is your and what like, is your what is your take on not not what is your take on how she died but do you think he like, was responsible just a, like without diving into yeah spoilery um, stuff even though it's obviously yeah, a true okay. story but what, I, I what's what your take saying. on it I I do think that he was involved. I don't know that it wasn't an accident. And if I was on the jury, I wouldn't have voted him to be guilty because there's just too much evidence to question it where it's like, I'm not 100% sure. And that is the question you're asked when you're like right. putting someone Re in jail reasonable for like, doubt or, or on like the death penalty. I don't know if like what the like sentence was, but like, I think 
Like, but I definitely think there is some reasonable doubt because there's just not like evidence to prove it happened one certain way. But it's fishy as heck. Like, then the fact that like he had another wife that died very similarly is just like too weird. That yes. that's the part where I'm like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it's I I was 100% like, yes, he's he's. He's innocent. He's innocent. He's innocent. And then, like episode four or five or whatever, whenever they yeah, kind whenever of reveal, they reveal that, I'm like, oh, really maybe not. <laughs> so, like, like again, without any spoilers, like the owl theory seems equally likely as having two wives who fell down the stairs and died. Like that's how likely this is. It's like little, it's, it's just a little insane. Fishy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I do think that's like a great story. I did. I don't think like the documentary, the TV show or the podcast are like bad. I think all of them are good versions of this story. If it's something that's interesting, it's a, like very um, twisty, like true crime story, because there's like so many possible ways that this could have happened. And they kind of walk you through all the evidence and everything. And it's just a, a very crazy story. So uh, that was definitely um, something distracting this week. Um, and then last but not least, we have a winner for our art contest, the Max Rebo contest. We actually got um, two entries by the same person, Stax Rebo, and she has to win. It looks like they're the biggest Max Rebo fan of all time. I'm going to send you all a picture of the one yeah, that I think please. is amazing. Um, here's the link to her Instagram post. Uh, this is the, they Both entries were great, but this one is just so creative. And especially when we were trying to encourage people not that they didn't need to like make a piece of art. I think this is so much fun. So I <laughs> I really think uh, this is a, a winner for sure. So congratulations to Stax Rebo. Kate, uh, excuse me, Kate just mailed me the poster. So I will be uh, sending that off as soon as I can um, uh, to the winner. So I'll reach out to you this week and get your address and everything. So congratulations again. Oh, yeah. Got it. Oh, that's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> I hope that was That's I hope that I, wasn't like, I hope that wasn't during Star Wars celebration. I hope that was just a regular day and she wore mm -hmm. that Max well she or he or they wore yeah, that a, that a Max Rebo um outfit to the parks. Like I just I hope that that's the case. I love it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just just amazing. So yeah, congratulations again to Stax Rebo. We will get you that poster very 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 soon. Um and and that's really all I've got for this week. Okay, who are you tossing awesome. it to? Uh, Andrew, you've been gone so long. I feel like you need to talk. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna rapid fire through a few things. I was at Disney this past week, and I did like the full-on Disney experience, like where you just spend money, and then you look at the credit card, uh, in the, the credit card area, area, what do you call it? Balance. At the end of the mm -hmm. trip, that's pretty much what it was. Oh, no. It's like, uh, it was just a full on. I'm not going to care about money. I'm just going to care about experience. And we had a really, really good Disney experience for all the people who have complained about Genie Plus, even within our community. I just want to say, shut up. It worked really well for us. <laughs> like we went and we had a wonderful time. It did any time that one of the rides that we had a Genie Plus lightning lane for, um, went down or there was any, there was an issue with us getting in at the time it gave us a free lightning lane pass that we could use wherever we wanted and oftentimes the ride that we wanted to use it on was back up within the hour anyway and so we had an amazing time at disney we had great experiences with cast members uh for all of the crappy disney news that we found out this week uh of of chapik being uh you know getting his uh contract renewed 
in the parks, we didn't feel that at all. In the parks, it was absolutely mm -hmm. magical. It was super fun. We had a great time. Um, and I'm going to show you a couple of things that, that I got on this trip. Uh, one is this wonderful um, Pride Gideon sticker. I also have a shirt that looks like this as well. Uh, super cool. And um, this is the first time I didn't get... I didn't get any Gideon's cookies for myself. I was really good. Oh. Uh, on the front part of my trip, I was really good uh, with what I was eating and what I was tracking. Um, and then we went to Oga's Cantina and Cooper um, got this Porg Tiki mug oh, nice. uh, and a drink for this this Porg Tiki mug, which was super fun. Becca for um, Father's Day got me this uh, 50th anniversary partner statue. Um Jedi oh, cool. Robbie's. I'm looking at you. It's a Christmas ornament. There you go. <laughs> uh, but it's it's That's gold. his favorite. It is. It is. Uh, it's a gold partner statue ornament, which is super cool. It's really weighty too. Like I'm actually pretty impressed with it. And then Becca also got me this um, 50th anniversary Starbucks like gold tumbler, which is oh, super pretty. nice. Uh, so anyway, that was a, a lot of fun. Super cool. While we were at uh, Galaxy's Edge, Cooper had never been to Galaxy's Edge yet. Um, and we were really trying for the last couple of weeks to, to book a Savi's workshop, uh, lightsaber, um, uh, reservation. And we just couldn't get it. Like it just, it just wasn't happening. We tried all day long trying to get any dropouts. And we even walked up three different times to see if we could get walk-ins and they weren't doing walk-ins and all this stuff. Um, but as a constellation, we said, we're going to come back in the fall uh, and build a trip around that actual reservation. But in the meantime, Cooper wanted to go get a couple of um, a couple of kyber crystals. Uh, and so we went to the to the store where you can get the kyber crystals. And I don't know if you guys uh, have seen Patrick. I don't know if you've seen this, but these are how the kyber crystals are packaged. You buy them in these yeah. little these little uh, canisters. I was um, with you. I think you were looking for the yellow ones one time, maybe. something like that. And okay. and we went in and. We went on a hunt, and I remember seeing you swap some out. So Yes. So one of the things, if you're familiar with the, the whole kyber crystal experience, is that there is a um, that there's a kyber's crystal, uh, a kyber's crystal, <laughs> kyber crystal that is, uh, it's like a, a blind box kind of experience. One out of every 100 um, red kyber crystals is actually black inside. You open it up and the, the, the crystal is black and it it still glows red in any of okay. your sabers, but it has a different sound to it. And it also, when you put it into the Sith holocron, um, it has Snoke's voice. So Snoke's voice is oh. who narrates all of the the holocron stuff. And if you're not familiar with the holocron, if you if you put um, kyber crystals in the Sith holocron, it essentially functions like um, like a magic. Is that like eight another ball. thing you can get, like a lightsaber? Yeah, or something it, at Galaxy's a, Edge. It is it is at Galaxy's Edge, but it, it you put the kyber crystal in. It's this cube that kind of. Like I was like, I know around. what a uh, Sith holocron is yes. from watching Rebels, but I didn't know what the context of this one was. <laughs> so, so here you, it's yeah. a it's a thing that you can put your kyber crystal in, and it will glow, and okay. it will it will be like a essentially a a, uh, a magic eight ball. You you can ask it guidance questions, and it will guide you. Oh, fine. Um, <laughs> But if you if you find the black one, it is Snoke's voice, uh, and and then if you find, if you get uh, there's a gold lid red one, and those are Darth mm -hmm. Vader's voice, 
And if you get the gold lid um, green kyber crystal, it's Yoda's voice in the Jedi holocron. So wait, wait nice. you, let me. You're showing us what would almost look like a small vial. Yeah. Are these in? They're in a box. Like, can you not see them? Explain to me what the packaging looks like. So this is this is what it. It, this is what the this is what it looks like on the wall. They're in like they're essentially in these little um, almost like test tube holders. And there's just a wall of them. And so they're just stuck down inside of all these in these acrylic holders. And the right side is all Sith. The left side is all Jedi. Um, the Sith are so all you red. Can't see the, you can't see the caps on them? You mentioned gold you, caps you can't. You can. Caps. You can see the gold. Okay, okay. You can see the, the, the gold. Like Instead of this being silver on the top and bottom, it's gold on the top and bottom. Plus, the image is a little bit different. It's red just like this. But instead of just like... Um, just like filler, like graphics, it's got Darth Vader's head in a mono line gotcha. drawing, okay. and then Yoda's on the green one. But perfect, uh, you can tell what color you're getting because yeah. the, each canister is is colored, right? But um, so we Cooper got this one, and we got on the Skyliners to to head over to um, Epcot. And when we did, he opened it up, and lo and behold, black kyber crystal ladies and gentlemen nice uh so uh super awesome he was very excited about that um and so there are people you can go onto like uh youtube and see people who have who go on hunts and they'll go they'll buy 10 or 15 of these and open each one of them to try to get a black uh kyber crystal and open yeah. all 15 and not have any um they're all how just much do they normal. cost by the way they're 15 bucks uh, i think they're 14.99 so that's not a cheap thing if you're on a hunt for one but buying one and lucking out pretty awesome yeah this uh, one on ebay mm -hmm. right, right here has um 34 people watching it the current bid is 202 dollars it has 23 damn bids. yeah that's very cool so that was a really nice uh what's the what do they call it uh when you don't win something uh it's a your surprise no it's your it's <laughs> consolation your, prize. it's a fantastic consolation oh, prize. Yeah, yeah. uh is getting is is buying one and pulling a black kyber crystal so we are very yeah, that's awesome really awesome about good that good job coop he could have a he could have a new xbox next week if he wants yeah it. i'm not gonna tell him that mm -hmm. um so <laughs> as far as he knows <laughs> It's the same amount, um, but we are going to go yes. back in the fall. Uh, Becca's going to book a reservation since she's a pass holder, and then we're going to go back, plan a trip around it. So anybody who wants to go back uh, to uh, Hollywood Studios in the fall, um, we're going to make a trip. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, I have a thousand more things I want to say, but I do want to say one thing about it's your coming. about your just butchering of the light year review um <laughs> that movie was so fun and i'm just sure. gonna say this one thing because i disagreed with most everything you said but i'm gonna say this one thing that i think you you did not do a good job of i can disagree okay. with you on all the other things and still think you did an okay job reviewing i will say they did an amazing job of connecting. You said that it, it wasn't for an older audience, that it was for younger, like that it was just, it just skewed younger. For Toy Story fans, they did an incredible job of tying the movies together, pulling shots that were shot for shot from the original movies or lines that were both 
in your face, like ones that you know, but then also ones that were a lot more kind of subversive. They pulled those in really well. They weaved it all together and they told a story that I think could be placed at the end of Toy Story like they did. They did it after the four movies. Or if you haven't watched any of the movies, you could watch this first and understand the character of Buzz so much more um, that I think that's way more than just surface level uh, little kid humor. It was for a younger audience and and like older audiences like just can write it off as whatever. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think there it was really smart. They tied it to it super, super well. Um, and on top of that, it was absolutely beautiful. So that's I, my two cents on that. I agree, but I, th- I agree with you, but I think you're saying that these two things are mutually exclusive. I think they did a great job of tying it into the the franchise and the story and and put putting in easter eggs and all those types of things from a script standpoint from a like the words we chose the phrases we chose the 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 path we're taking on the the content of the beats I do think it's written for a younger audience but it can tie in very deeply and still be written for a different person. And I think it's just written for a different person. Now, the other possibility is that I grew up and it feels like that only because I got older over the past however many years. But I do think it's it's fundamentally for a younger crowd. Um, I think I agree that it's for a younger crowd. But it almost felt in your description that you were dismissing the the appreciation you could have for how well they integrated the movie in with the other ones and all the special even like the choreography and the uh the not just the demeanor of the character and not even just the script but how they shot specific scenes that that connected with different scenes from toy story one two three and even some uh you could argue with four i think that your i think it felt dismissive from the the lens of it being a creative and really well done movie. It almost felt like you were saying like it was it was too simple, and I, I don't agree that it was simple. I think they did something really hard and made it look simple. I think, um, but they did something really hard, which was make you continue to care or want to learn more about this character uh, that you again you feel like you've you've known for years. But it's, it's over 20 years, right? Like, didn't the first Toy Story come out over 20 years ago? Who knows? Yeah, I think like 1999. It's impossible maybe. to say. Um, so 20, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that that was that was my only beef was it felt dismissive, okay. and so I just wanted to point out from the lens of somebody who who saw a different perspective from the movie. I loved it. it it's not my favorite Toy Story movies. Toys. I still I think Toy Story Four is my favorite, and then that is a very unpopular mm. opinion. But um, I think it was I think it was really good. I like the first one. <laughs> the other issue that I had oh, was good. you yeah. rated you rated the movie on a 100 scale. And I was listening yes. to the episode with Pat with Cooper and he goes, well, why wouldn't he just say something out of 10? And I said, I don't know, Cooper, because we literally number everything out of a 10 point scale. I don't know why he's going rogue. I was on this. distracted watching a Warzone tournament. 
There's no telling why I did half the things that I did. So anyway, it's because you weren't here, and I let I don't enforce the rules. I was listen. I was growing up the show. Okay, like one to ten is too uh, pedestrian. So I had to make it one to a hundred. A hundred. One to one to a hundred. A hundred. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was running a poll while we were talking. Uh, the poll was, "Do you like porgs?" The possible responses was were uh, yes, they're adorable, or no, they make me irrationally angry. And uh, the yeses won. Apparently, porgs are adorable. They are adorable. They are. I mean, like porgs were not received well uh, early in their introduction, to be honest. And uh, I, I was curious how sentiment. I mean, has people evolved. are also weird and hate Ewoks, so. <laughs> I know. I was curious to see how it evolved, but that's they're batting a hundred percent or a thousand percent inside our um, ten percent, if that's easier for everybody uh, inside of our community. I I wonder. I like a porg. I wonder if you were to look back on Ewoks because I've done this. I've looked back on Ewoks. I had I grew up with a, a fondness towards Ewoks, thinking they were super cute. I always mm-hmm. remembered them as being like koala faced. But no. if you go back and look at them, they're pretty gross. Like they're they have very like scary, yeah. terrifying black eyes. They want to eat your heroes. Like they and, they're, eat and they've, human they've got pug and they noses. straight up like they kill so many stormtroopers. They are vicious. Yeah. Don't underestimate Ewoks, but I do think that they're still kind of cute. <laughs> I, I agree they're though. They're also terrifying. <laughs> I remember them as being cuddly. Yeah. And when I no. watch it. No, 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 no. Like I've seen, I've seen people do like fan art of them. And I think like, oh, they have butchered the likeness. And then I go back and look, I'm like, no, they nailed it. And that's sad <laughs> because they're not what I remember <laughs> it's them It's also being. the weird lips. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, the, like, like I can't. <laughs> they have like human lips stuck onto a like otherwise with a pu- With a pug nose. Right, it's like, like all the problems with uh, Sonic. Like it's it's all the yeah, problems with the ugly, digital Sonic. It's ugly Sonic. Yeah, before they yeah. before they yeah. fixed him. So Some, um, somewhere in that line in that uh, lineage. <laughs> anyway, right, you remember we Red Panda? Yeah, and they're closer to like claws out sloth or something. Yeah, exa- but exactly. Sloths can look cute, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I had I have so many things, uh, so many things that came up, so many stories, so many fun things. Um, but I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just going to tell them as time goes on, like there's so many experiences and fun things that we did at Disney that it would just take so much time to to recap everybody on. But I will say we had three really full fun days uh, and Cooper's new favorite ride is uh, is uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> Rise. Nope. Rise of the Resistance. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, you said that. You Rise said of the Resistance, the uh, and it yes. was. I mean, I don't blame him. It continues to to amaze me. Yeah, I've ridden it several times now, and it continues to amaze me. It's an absolutely incredible experience, um, and uh, I had a really good experience on Remy's, like on Re- the Ratatouille adventure um, this time around, and it was super fun too. So it was just I, a really good Disney trip. That one hasn't been open, but for a couple years, right? Or uh, uh, a the- year, maybe. A year uh, that one I'm uh, I've saw a video and shots from the version that's uh, in I guess what was Euro Disney that's outside yeah, Paris. Jesse. Yep, and um, that one I'm very excited for. Now it seems like conceptually not too far off, um, or I sh- it's it's flipped because of timeline. But 
Um, Rise of the Resistance seems, uh, from a ride system standpoint, probably very similar to what's happening in uh, Ratatouille. Part of the ride yeah. system. The, what's okay. unique about, and I won't say much because I don't want to ruin Rise for you, but Rise is really three different ride systems combined. It's it's right. a 15-minute experience, part of which is a trackless ride. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's the a lot more to it. Yeah, I've watched the full walkthrough that shows like the whole system, the path, explains like the different things. So um, I, I'm excited for both. I'm excited for both. Uh, I have the the irrational fear that I'm going to go and the ride is going to be just shut down the entire time I'm there. But it's I not that I irrational because it can't it can happen. <laughs> yeah, it did shut down a lot when we were there in California as well. So we bought a things. lightning lane. If you lane. want to do that, I'd recommend going there first. We bought a lightning lane for because we wanted to make sure it happened. And so um, our lightning lane wasn't until 645 and the ride was down until probably noonish. And so yeah, we were we like were worried how they were gonna <laughs> how they were gonna manage that. But what they did was instead of like um back backfilling you know all these things it and like bumping us they just never opened standby so only people who had purchased lightning lanes oh. were able to they made gotcha. they made standby 240 minutes so if you wanted to wait four hours you could you could extend you know extension extent what's you what i'm wait. looking for ostensibly ostensibly thank you you could ride you could what? Ostensibly. And ostensibly. Ostensibly. On ostensibly. Um, and with David Blaine, you could watch uh, the ride happen <laughs> with your body After while you're on four it. hours. <laughs> <laughs> My point in saying that is they it uh, us having it later in the day was actually really good for us because it didn't it didn't affect our timeline at all. It was it was super awesome. So, um, OK, That's Patrick, great, yeah. uh, finish us up. <laughs> okay very excited about a couple things first thing that's happening i want to throw out there is that this streaming setup but also my whole editing setup is about to change a lot so uh, we've teased a video that's coming out and in fact i sent the the rough cut of the the first part of the video to to you people that are sitting across from me earlier this week uh a, a knee-jerk reaction to that andrew and lauren to i like what it. the video that i sent you in host lounge I don't know what video you're talking about. Oh my oh. word! <laughs> the one of the, that the that we five item. Oh, the five yeah. item. What is happening? You said host lounge. I was thinking founders lounge, and I couldn't remember you sending a video in there. Host lounge. Yes, that video was a uh, super fun. Like I can't wait for people to see it. Um, ah, the timer thing just had me. I was laughing a lot. Yeah, Cooper that was liked good. it a lot too. That's the reaction I was looking for. So that video is still coming, but uh, I've, I've been forced to change computer setup. So the, the computer that I normally use, I'm losing, uh, or it's getting like re... It's changing. So I've had to put a hold on all my, my video editing, on all my like development stuff. Everything's had to stop. And because of that, I could have gone out and bought another uh, laptop, but I the you know MacBook Pros aren't the cheapest thing. And I haven't had a PC for a while, and a lot of the things that I do, frankly, would be easier to do if I had a PC because of the software that I already use. Um, like I'm Ooh, not getting, PC. yeah, I'm not getting benefits. For instance, using DaVinci, for instance, I'm not getting the full benefits of, like, say, an M1 or an M2 chip because of the Rosetta translation that has to happen, things like that. So it actually work better 
if I use it on like a uh, Intel chip as opposed to an Apple chip um, for streaming. Yeah, PC. No, I, I hear you. I hear y'all. It stands for, for streaming. Plenty of computer. <laughs> there's a lot of software I can't use because I only have a Mac for, and then also for playing games, there are things that I can't do because I only have a Mac. And so, for for all these type of things, it would just make sense for me to change ecosystems. So, I'm Gross. building a very very awesome desktop. I'm very excited. Because Bitcoin has um, really just been decimated, uh, apologies to everybody <laughs> that's out there, um, because Bitcoin has been decimated, you can now buy uh, Intel GPUs at MSRP. This is the first time since their release you can actually buy them for MSRP. Is it too soon to hmm. say told you so? I'll wait, because it's still probably yeah. touchy for some people who are even watching there, currently. <laughs> there's, it's very touchy for some people. So very excited to be jumping into that. I'm, I'm going like full bore. Um, uh, I'm, I picked up a 3080, um, uh, uh, an i7, like 12700 or whatever. and then um, Those are all a whole 30, bunch of numbers and letters. I hope someone out there great. knows what it means. It's all great stuff. It's it's gonna it's gonna be pretty stout, and uh, it should outperform my MacBook Pro for the tasks that I do. And it cost about thirty five percent less than buying this MacBook Pro again. So it's uh, I'm very very excited for it. It's a bit less portable. Uh, it, it's about a hundred percent less portable, uh, but excited for that. So. That said, there's a possibility if people are interested, you have to tell me you're interested. Obviously not here because you can't, I can't hear you. You're in your car. I'm like miles away. But um, message on Slack, however you want to do it. If you're interested, I am willing to stream my PC build. But if you're not interested, I'm not going to. But in any case, that'll be back next week. And once that is built, once that's up and running, we'll finish editing and release that video. How? So that's the first part. Very excited about that. And also, how, 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 how would you stream that? What are you gonna stream like the actual? I'm I'm plugging this cable in, and now I wait for four hours while this stuff goes on. Like like what? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, well, obviously I would stream it using the setup I'm on now. Yeah. Uh, and then no, you would watch the build. I mean, it takes a couple hours to build for sure. Um, thank you for the congrats on moving. So also, Steam Summer Sale is going on till July seventh, and if there are things that I need to buy, being new to an ecosystem that actually supports games. Please let me know so I can pick. Well, don't say him in front of McKinsey. Just say him quietly to can me you, so I can pick have him you got, up. Have you subscribed to Apple Arcade? I there's have a bunch of games. There's a bunch of games on there that you can play. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's slightly different. <laughs> uh, but very, very pumped to be building this PC. Okay, so that's the first part. Second part is the Bears. Oh, and I will say, uh, only murders I'm in the building started the back. I've seen both episodes. This just released on uh, Monday at 11 p.m. of this week, or at least 11 p.m. Central. Um, you need to not say a whole lot because I'm. Ready I'm not to gonna say. It. I'm not gonna say anything about it, other than they've made some risky casting choices that so far have left me kind of meh on what's going on. Amber Heard. Wait, Amber Heard of her. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see. Like from a, a, I'm interested enough in in the story, the whodunit. I still love the main characters. It's been a bit of a rocky start the first two episodes. I'm, I'm going to need something to happen. I need something to happen. But Only Murders in the Building is back. We, we love that show. We talked about it a lot last season. Hopefully season two can live up, live up to season one. The Bear. This is the, the last thing that's new and that I have not only binged this week, but I've already restarted it. And this is a new Ooh, show. Uh, I really want to watch this show. I know. It's primarily featuring uh, Jeremy Allen White, who's in Shameless. 
Um, and the other person that is a real standout in the show is, um, man, I, it's the person that plays Richie. His name is uh, Eben Moss Backrack, uh, probably. Backrack? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> rat. We'll just go with that. Um, now this, okay, so it's about uh, a family, and there are two, uh, it, it's this, imagine like a whole um, family, an extended family, but there are two brothers, both, both of them cook. Uh, one of them cooked at a Chicago like shaved uh, beef sandwich shop. Just to clarify, shaved and then beef. I was telling this story earlier this week to someone, and they saw, thought I said uh, shaved beef, which is completely different. <laughs> uh, it's a shaved beef sandwich shop, and the other brother cooks for like he studied at the French laundry. He cooks at places like Alinea and things like that. It's, it's, or Noma, uh, just the, the cream of the crop in terms of, uh, fine French dining. So very, very different scale on the spectrum. And it's like the uh, Voltaggio brothers for any top chef fans out there. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the brothers, the brother that works at the sandwich shop actually, uh, commits suicide and he leaves the sandwich shop to his other brother. And the other brother leaves the high-end French cooking lifestyle to come run this sandwich shop. And, and inherits mm -hmm. a whole host of, of, of problems while he's also grieving with the fact that his brother just committed suicide. Uh, as you can tell, there are some heavy themes in the show. So if any of those are, are too much uh, for you, or then absolutely like stay away from it because they do confront these things. It's not just a, something that's mentioned in passing and then they move on. I mean, uh, these are things they confront. And as much as the, the, the main character, uh, Carmi, is also nicknamed the bear, the bear he's also wrestling is the coming to terms with him and his brother's relationship and what happened to his brother. I mean, that that's the... A really big thing and and so the very first shot of the first episode uh is a a big call to that um and so going back through and now re-watching it and getting to see these shots that i didn't understand the the me how meaningful they were in the scope of the whole show uh has been great uh in terms of how it represents life working in a kitchen um it's about as close as you're gonna get i have a couple of this won't uh, surprise you subreddits that I follow. One of them is kitchen confidential, which is specifically about people that work in kitchens. And I've been following the threads of them talking about the show versus real life experience. And other than some small things, like if you're going to go outside or if you're going to leave the kitchen, you always take off your apron. Like you would never walk out and have a smoke break with your apron on other than some small things like that. Uh, it's apparently insanely uh, accurate. Um, and even based on my limited knowledge of it, it's it's been very, very cool to see these little hints um, or the phrasing that's used and things like that. And it's not explained. It just happens in passing. And if you if you understand it, then you understand it. And if you don't, then it's just something that happened and you move on. Uh, there is a chef that's involved, uh, Matty Matheson. And if you want to go check him out, he has a YouTube channel that uh, he, he, he cooks a lot of dishes. I think his la latest dish is uh, steak frites, but it's fun to watch him. He's a, he's a character, but he's in the show. Uh, in the show, when you see him, at least for the first couple episodes, you, you never actually see him cook anything, even though in real life he's a chef. I assume that he's on set uh, advising on a lot of the things that well, are it's happening. probably like where all these little details you're describing come from, because he can be like, oh, no, you you wouldn't take you would take your apron off or, you know, like you would like say it this way or whatever. You know, like that just seems like cool. It, it's Have your expert there. Yeah, it's. There's some really, really awesome stuff too. Like there was this, there was one small one where uh, he checked the temperature on something, 
and he doesn't use a thermometer. He just pulls out a, a metal it. needle and touches it to his lip. You know, there's like little passing <laughs> yeah. things like that that happen um, that other, like you'll see other professional chefs do, but if you haven't seen it before, you'd kind of be like, why the F did he just do that? You know, um, anyway, <laughs> very, very cool. Very, very uh, fun to watch. It was a bit confusing at first from a cinematography standpoint. It feels more like winning time or the deuce. It feels very much in that vein. It's very grainy, a lot of really fast cuts, uh, extreme close-ups. The music is like 70s, um, uh, maybe like late 70s um, uh, uh, soundtrack. It's a bit bombastic. So I thought it was a retro show. When it came on, it felt very... I definitely couldn't tell from the preview, yeah. Yeah, it felt very like, oh, cooking is stylish. And retro storytelling is stylish, and we're going to mash those together. It, it just it felt like the the algorithm won, and this is what it spit out, which made me suspicious for the show. Uh, you know, almost not wanting to enjoy it because it felt too perfect. It turns out it's set in modern day. They they immediately go on to they reference QAnon in episode one, so it's for sure set in modern day. But it doesn't feel like that. It felt very retro. Well. Um, it, that's assuming that QAnon hasn't always been here, like the Illuminati. <laughs> they also mention other things, so that makes you feel better. Uh, so I actually, the first 15 minutes, I thought I was watching a, a show set in the 70s, and then it turns out it's set in modern time. Also, the first episode is fully a drama, and I think the first episode, in terms of maybe, like, enjoyment, is the weakest of the whole bunch. It's necessary, like, you need the first episode but there's very little comedy in the first episode. You, by the time you get to episode four and episode five, it's it um, it's not that it's more of a comedy, but it's firmly a dark comedy at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, you know the characters well enough uh, that they start like really pulling out these embellishments that are just fun. So the show lightens up in some respect because the show gets funnier as it goes, but. It, the other part of that is it also starts confronting the theme of suicide more head on as it goes farther as well. So you get much like bigger emotional swings the deeper in the show you get. Uh, all that said, great show. I mean, absolutely worth a watch. I I I one hundred percent recommend the show. Yeah, go ahead, Lauren. I, was say, I watched Shameless like all the way through, and that's what I know that main actor from uh, Jeremy Allen Wright. I think yeah. this is his like. White, he's yeah. like incredible in that show. So literally who, just who like him being in, in a new in show Shameless. and being lip oh i love him yeah and so like just because of that i was like i don't care what this show is about i don't care at all because of him i want to watch it like him being the main character is enough for me to want to watch it the bonus of it be having like like a cooking thing which i also like sounds excellent like and and shameless kind of has similar vibes where they will talk about really serious and heavy issues but then also make jokes about it like you know like so it seems like which is honestly what we do and like that's that feels relatable to me like yeah, yeah. <laughs> to jo- to joke about the death of our parents on the same heel of us having an honest conversation about some really heavy stuff like that sounds relatable to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely excited to watch this show. It's on my list. I think like after I finish Umbrella Academy, I'll do that one. It, yeah, if I was sitting here right now and if if i think of what's currently playing it, it 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 would be the one i would recommend first i would recommend jumping into this before i would even start only murders in the building um and it's also unless, fresh and new and exciting <laughs> yeah unless you're going back to revisit something you might have missed like a severance or something then this is for sure the show i jump into um yep Great, great show. Uh, the other thing, I, I don't think this is spoilery. I think it's good to know. I have no idea what the future holds for this show. 
certainly there's always more story to tell, but they structured the season in such a way that it could have a one season arc and end and it would be fine. So you're not going to get to the end of the season. And then if the show doesn't get renewed, if it doesn't go anywhere, you know, I don't think you're going to have that frustrating moment of, of, but we never know what happened to such and such, you know, there's, so they dropped the whole season at one time or the whole season's out right now. You can watch the whole thing. They, they dropped the entire thing. It's also a bit uh, interesting because some of the episodes are an hour long, but like episode seven is 20 minutes long. So oh. there's this big range uh, in episodes and episode seven is um, it's not a um, I'm sorry. What do you call the uh, episodes that it's like the fly episode from breaking the bad bottle episode. But, okay. So it's not, um, it's not necessarily a bottle episode, but it's really just this this one service. So you're watching 20 minutes of almost one scene. Would you say it's a bottle mm-hmm. service? It's and it's a bottle service, like and they the have canning, like sabers, maybe. and they're doing the uh, champagne. Um, it's With just a saber, very, <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> it's a very that episode's very stylized. So it's it's funny because episode one, the it's really ultra stylized for the first half. As the episode goes on, it, it becomes much straighter. You'll see the number of cuts goes down and the number of like weird frame shots goes down. It smooths out. It stays pretty smooth and, and less bombastic for the next couple episodes. Uh, but episode seven was just, hey, we've got all this bottled up creativity. Let's throw it all back in. And so it's this 20-minute uh, moment. And uh, Mackenzie said it was her favorite episode of the whole series was episode seven. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited to check this one out. There's- yeah. That's all a very hard sell for the bear. Don't give up after the first episode. It's the it's the quote unquote slowest and most dramatic. Like, these characters are amazing. You will love them. They're, I will they're frankly say, far too real. I will say your recommendation of um, winning time, right? Your your description and yeah. your your whatever. I fell in love with that show. That show was stylistically and content-wise, like the writing was fantastic, the acting was spectacular, and uh, stylistically was, I think, my favorite thing that I've watched in a long time. Uh, And you relayed this show to that, so I will give it a go. Because I 100%, (laughs) I had no desire to watch Winning Time watched it and couldn't stop watching it. I think I finished yeah. it before you, didn't I? Yes, I like think he, you and Gabe both <laughs> finished it before Yeah, we, we, like... <laughs> Love that. He and I had to... I finished it and I needed to talk to talk to you guys about it and you were, like, only I never watched it three all, episodes yeah. in. Like, you never finished. And then Gabe hadn't finished. I said, Gabe, I need you to watch it tonight so that we can yeah. talk about it. And so he texted me immediately and was like, okay, I'm done, let's talk. Um, and so if this is anything like that, then I'm on board with this show and I love lip. So I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, very, very, very quick. 20 seconds. Simplecast, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the podcast Simplecast is our host. That's the reason I said that, uh, hot seat interviews are coming out on audio now and video. The next one, Lenny Terenzi drops on Thursday, Friday, 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 Friday. Um, So if you want to see, there's already three others out. Uh, Bob Ewing is out and Jason Craig. Jason Craig is out. Who knows? There's other ones out. You should. Um, (laughs) You uh, had Dandron's words. Dandron, Dandron's words. Dandron's words is his is he is such a swell gentleman. I don't want to be. 
pedantic, but I think it's Dan drawn with an N. Dan drawn words. It's Dan's drawn's words. Dan's drawn's words. Um, but those Dan are drawn out. words. That's dead air guy. <laughs> Lenny Turnsies is dropping later this week. It's also dropping on YouTube, so you can watch video or you can watch audio, whichever you prefer. Make sure you check those out. More coming next week. And of course, that other video, five item uh, fine art that we keep teasing is going to come out yeah. uh, hopefully by end of next week as well. I can't wait for that one. That one's Yeah, so it's going to be so much fun. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, if I'm that's excited it, then... to see like the first five minutes of the contest like on tape. <laughs> yeah. uh, if that's uh... Uh, we didn't even use tape, so I'll be excited to see that as well. You yeah. know what I mean? We, fa- <laughs> we have it on old film. Uh, we have on... to project it and then digitize it. Um, all right. If that's going to be okay. it for our around the table, then we're going to head into our master categories. Every week we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. That's what gives us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. And I just want to thank uh, Sir Dr. Reed for uh, rolling some fantastic stuff uh, for me. So thank you for sitting in for me last week whilst I was away and uh, for for giving me something good to to chat about. Um, Actually, I'm going to start because uh, I, I can um, so I got art and past uh, is what I got. And um, a beautiful segue into something I want to talk about. Uh, it deals with this idea. So um, 1989, everyone just travel back in time with me. Patrick, you were born, right? I was two. <laughs> well, it two. depends on what month in 1989, but I was two. Okay. You were roughly two years old. Um, but uh, amongst the glitz and the glamour of the late... Uh, 80s was this very popular video game known only as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Um, and now I don't know if you have ever played this game. Patrick, have you ever played this? I actually got to play last weekend. Perfect. That's This is going to be perfect for this. It is yeah. possible I played it at a CC's Pizza in... That's Wait, right. no. What? Pizza Hut. It would have been in a, yeah, I don't know there was a CC's. It's possible I played it in a pizza I'm arcade. Very happy as that a pizza kid. place was smart enough to get a game to, that features pizza so much. So prominently, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. that and, and The Simpsons were like the two games I remember playing yeah. while eating pizza. Yes. So I uh so I, I loved this game. I played it not I don't even know how many dollars and with inflation who knows that would i've spent millions of dollars playing this game with inflation uh, accounting for yeah. um and that was my game like that <laughs> and what was so amazing about this game it, it was um you could play up to four players you could play all four turtles you and three of your friends or uh in my case me and my other friend uh, we would play and uh, you could swap what turtles you were playing. Just go to a different joystick and, and you've got a different mm-hmm. turtle. Um, but you could play as all four players. Um, this was a ported game that was originally released in Japan as TMNT Super Came Ninja. <laughs> I don't know. Probably <laughs> it's probably pronounced Kami, Kame, but it's I would hope K- so. K-A-M-E. 
Super According to Dragon Ball Z, it is Kame. <laughs> Super Kame Ninja. Um, uh, and then in your top shelf version called the Super Kame Ninja. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then in Europe, and I know this to be true, the Ninja Turtles were known as the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. I know that's the case because our good friend Dave Clayton sent me in a, a a complete set of the tops trading cards of the Ninja Turtles. That's and awesome. on the back, it says it's the normal logo that I know, but instead of Ninja, it says Hero. So it's Teenage teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Um, so it, that's what it was titled uh, in Europe. But um, it was a beat-em-up game, so you walked around. It was, a, it was a button masher, right? So you're just going around doing the same two moves. You're jumping and kicking, or you're using whatever weapon you're using. Um, mm-hmm. And you went through and you, you were essentially trying to um, uh, it use the animated versions of those characters to uh, to go through and you had to defeat Shredder, Krang and the Foot Clan. That was really it. It was it was pretty basic in terms of what the storyline was. You were trying to save uh, April O'Neil. And that, that was that was really it. Um, you went through these. You essentially went through New York City uh and various different places in new york city including you know downtown times square uh central park and you defeated different bad guys um okay fantastic game it was so fantastic actually in 1990 it won arcade game of the year uh in the united states it was the highest grossing arcade game in 1990 a ton of acclaim so much acclaim that they they fast-tracked a sequel to the game which in my opinion was far superior to the original and that one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time that was released in mm-hmm. 1991 um so a lot has happened in uh a lot has happened in way of advancements in video games since then right like the uh what we're able to do the original those original games were probably what uh 8 to 16 bit um nothing greater than 16 bit uh, very yeah. primitive graphics according to today's standards. Jump forward now, 30-something years. It's 2022, and we just had the release of the very anticipated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge is a retelling of that original arcade game story. It's not a remastering in like the sense where it's it's a shot for shot and um, all they did was just update the graphics. You see that a lot a, a lot these days. You have these remastered games where they go and they just beef up all the graphics and everything looks a lot more polished and a lot cleaner yeah. and, and newer. In fact, what they did with this game, they took us back to the original graphics. So the original 16-bit whatever graphics. Uh, pixel art style graphics. They took us all the way back and the basic mechanics of the game have stayed true to form. You can play up to four players on a system. You can play up to six players if you play with online play. Um, And so what are those six players, you wonder? Because uh, there's only four turtles. Well, you can play as all four turtles. You can also play as Splinter now or April O'Neil. Oh, nice. And I believe once you pass a certain threshold in the game or you've unlocked enough achievements you get unlocked uh game playability with casey jones as a seventh playable character which is super fun that's cool 
Now, the art style is very much the same as the original arcade game. However, there is some there are some differences. Um, you have a lot more characters to, to battle now, a lot more bad guys to battle. And if you are familiar with the original cartoons and the original toys from the toy series, you will be you will recognize a ton of these bad guys and you will just be elated with the bad guys that you get to encounter because you'll remember playing with them as toys. Um, but on top of that, even though it looks simple in way of art style, it is mechanically very complex. Whereas the original game, you had essentially two attacks. Mm -hmm. This game, each character has their own set of uh, combos and their own set of special attacks that you can build up and you can use. And you can work together with turtles um, to high five. Like if, if one character is, is running really low in health and another character has, an, uh, has more health, you can high five that, her that character and share some of your health with them. Um, oh, which is what? super cool. <laughs> and if you go up to, uh, to certain bad guys and you attack them at the same time, turtles, your turtles can go back to back and crush them between their shells, which is a super cool co-op ability. I feel like um, they've done that in the movies too. So they have, yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> they have. And then they have also, uh, worked in, um, I think there's 22 move combinations, um, between all six of the characters jump, besides just jump and yeah. and and like basically punch or like use weapon exactly <laughs> yeah so you there's there's lots of different combinations you can do you can roll away to avoid getting hit you can walk up and throw them if you're familiar with uh, turtles in time you can mm -hmm. grab the foot or the bad guy and you can throw them at the screen um and you can do all these different these different combinations however um it is it is at its core the original arcade game back from 1989. It brings back so many nostalgic hits on top of the fact, not just visually, but in terms of how difficult the game is. It's actually decently difficult, um, especially when you get into the, uh, you can, you can, there's three different modes that you can play. If you don't play it on like easy mode, um, it gets, it just gets harder, exponentially harder to, to beat them. And if you remember the original arcade game, it was really hard. Um, if you didn't have several dollars uh, of quarters, you weren't going to make it all the way through. Um, and so, uh, I'm, I haven't quite beaten it yet. Uh, I, uh, was playing at the beginning of our trip, uh, playing it with Cooper. And then when we got to Disney, I, st I stopped playing for now. Um, but, uh, you ultimately end up going to the Technodrome and you've got a, the, the game this time they're building Krang's, uh, robo body over the course of, like all the different bad guys are grabbing different elements of his body and they're building mm -hmm. him. And so at the end, I'm going to have to fight Krang and then ultimately fight Shredder. Oh. Um, so it it's, it is absolutely a blast from the past and I will give it a nine and a half out of 10 um, in terms of nostalgia, the visual and the complexity. It's not a throwaway. It's not just like, it's not a cheap redo. Uh, they put a lot of care and energy and thought into this game. Um, and, uh, there's lots of different, like special editions you can buy. One of the special editions that you can buy comes with a steel book and it comes with a, um, oh, wow. it comes with a free, like a certificate for a free personal pan pizza from pizza hut. Uh, so wait, are you kidding? I'm not kidding. One of them comes with a free <laughs> personal pan pizza with the original pizza hut logo on it. 
Um, oh my God, I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so in honor of all that, uh, I I found this in my, my drawer and uh, I had this back from 1990. So right when this game was at the height of its, when it won all of those awards, I was reading my book it. I was reading my mm -hmm. book it with yeah. this bookmark. So it's oh, Leonardo. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember yes. these, but it's dimensional. I hope you used that since 1995 or whatever. <laughs> I it's been it's been in some books since since 1990. But yeah, it so feels now it's very Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it's it uh, feels very like awesome. he got ran oh, over. It's flat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. So for those of you who are listening and not watching the Twitch stream, this is I have a Leonardo bookmark where it's uh, it's dimensional. So the top part of him, it's like he's pulling himself out of a sewer. Uh, and it's a three-dimensional like figure, and then the bottom part of him is is flat, um, so that it slides down into the book, and uh, it looks like Leonardo is trying to climb his way out of your book. But it's this fun. is 1990. It's, yeah, I think it, that's, that's cool. what the uh, that's what the copyright is stamped in on the back. Um, and so I thought it was a perfect time to bring this guy out and and tell you about that. So check out Shredder's Revenge if you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. It's on all the platforms. It's on uh, it's on um, Steam, Patrick. So you can pick it up on there. It's on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, it's on. You think my computer will run it? Uh, maybe not because it's too, your computer's gonna be too advanced. Uh, to run even like the lowest bit rate that it can play is probably like a thousand bits, right? Something like yeah. that. So, um, but anyway, check it out. It's such a nice. fun game. Uh, I give it a nine and a half out of 10 or yes, as Patrick would have said last week, uh, 95 out of a hundred. So, um, <laughs> Love it. Patrick, like why it. don't you talk to us about, uh, you know, a little bit of things that you're talking about. Yeah, Kreider, by the way, shared the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge Classic Edition on Switch, and it has it shows the personal pan pizza certificate and everything in there. It looks awesome. Is looks that the one that comes with the VHS? Yeah, it I comes with it in a VHS box. VHS tape. Yes. Yeah, and he shared that from LimitedRunGames.com. So I don't know who actually is releasing it, but uh, the whole website is it's eh, it's like a toned down uh, Pit Viper, but I super dig it. Okay, Lauren, can you um, put the can you put the link to that that he just posted in our show notes? Because people, you might want to yeah. pick up this version of it. I got the digital download so that I could get it the day that it came out. Like I had pre-ordered it, um, but if I was smart, I may have waited for this because it comes with stickers of all the characters, like eight bit looking stickers, and the steel book, and then yeah, like you said, the uh, the personal pan pizza. So uh, yeah, that version's rad. By the way, cool. I did look up uh, CC's Pizza was started in, in the mid-80s and was already franchising by 1988. So it is so it possible that it, it, it was a CC's. Um, just, uh, I feel like the fact that this comes with the Pizza Hut coupon, though, does lead me to believe that they were in more Pizza Huts. Well, Pizza Hut had a... Pizza Hut was the pizza... Uh, in the, yeah, in the or whatever. film or whatever. It was yeah, yeah. It was also... The, they they had a, a an ad with them. Do you remember the pizza? Yeah. Like the... the baseball kid who comes in and whether you win or oh, lost like yeah you're yeah and the original movie so pizza hut mm -hmm. i mean they, they a, had a partnership <laughs> that also is so just funny I, I have the vhs tape still of ninja turtles and that commercial is it's on, on the front on of them yeah yeah they have a 200 dollars <laughs> version um yeah it's a i need to find just reels of old commercials 
so they can like unlock parts of my mind. I'm imagining that one day you I'll be. You can watch a- my VHS tapes. The ones in front of yeah. the Disney movies are always just make me laugh because I'm like, I remember this like so well. <laughs> when I inevitably end up in like a nursing home and I I can't remember anything, someone needs to play me old VHS commercials, and then I'll just like that. That'll be the thing that's It'll that all sparks- come back to yep. you. Um, but okay. I don't know if we'll still uh, be friends four years from now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Love it. If I, if I make it four more years, I'll, that's. I'll, I remember just thinking, like, man, if I can just make it through the last season of Game of Thrones, then I can die. Um, and then you realized you wouldn't thoughts. die happy, yeah. and so you had to hold out for another. Yeah, and so now I'm still. I'm just holding on for something. Um, okay, this is game changer. And this is actually a college humor production, and and I know that college humor is something that's that's probably not the the tip of your tongue in terms of cool hip media nowadays. College humor was I thought they uh, died. Yeah, and actually uh, they nearly did, and I'm going to relay that story real quick. So, um, college humor, uh, very big and popular. Thinking back to when I was. I was in college or, or yep. late high school, early college that time, uh, and even persisting through that. So into my uh, first uh, career, college humor was was still a pretty uh, big deal. Um, but as they were building up the, the site, and this isn't only college humor, but this is some of the other properties that they own. But as they were building up the business, what they realized is that um, initially everything was housed, housed on the college humor website. And... Um, and and they were selling ads uh, through the website. Everything was in that place. But they saw that their videos on Facebook performed really, really well. So what happened with College Humor is is because face videos posted to Facebook would get so many more views than videos on their site, they slowly started moving their content fully over to Facebook um, with the idea that if we drive up traffic enough, then we'll be able to to obviously monetize that content. And even if we monetize that content at a lower rate, we'll still make more money than if we keep everything on our, our own platform. And so they started producing more content. They started hiring more people. They were ramping up, pushing everything over to Facebook. They, they had this very successful thing that was running that they ultimately kind of dismantled to focus fully on Facebook. And then this, for those that remember is when the news came out um, that Facebook was actually uh, manipulating could be very strong, but but probably uh, accurate. Facebook's numbers were inflated. Uh, how much were they inflated? Their view counts were estimated to be inflated anywhere from two hundred to nine hundred percent. Wow! Um, and there's different reasons why. I mean. It, this was huge news. I think this also went to court. I mean, it was a, a really big deal. I think Facebook had to answer to this, uh, answer for this. And uh, yeah. some things I heard at the time were developer error and related to bugs. Other things that I heard were, uh, or that they reported was that it's due to how they track the views. So like YouTube, for instance, let's say that at the time you had to watch a video for 30 seconds to count as a view well, with Facebook, if it just popped up in your feed and was an autoplay video, they would count it as a view, even if you were just scrolling past it and not even stopping to look at it. Uh, so it's probably some combination, or it could have been fully malicious. And unfortunately, that's fully a possibility that it was malicious. But it was some combination of bug, maliciousness, uh, and just poor um, 
uh, poor metrics that anyway ended up uh, leading to them finding out that they weren't actually getting all these views. And, and so because of that, they had to they ended up having to lay off most of their staff. It was initially reported they were laying off their entire staff and liquidating the company. Uh, it turns out they did keep like a skeleton crew on, but ultimately ended up laying off still uh, a lot of the staff. And so that's the reason that a lo- even I was under the impression that college humor no longer existed because I remember when all of this happened and I thought they fully shut the doors. Turns out they never fully closed the doors, but they did shrink back a lot uh, when this happened. Uh, side note on that, uh, just maybe, uh, you know, it's it's a good reminder to all of us that work in metric-driven industries to uh, add a, a layer of reasoning on top of your layers of numbers. So uh, there, because I I do think there's a level of this that could have been avoided had there been a bit more critical thinking going on, other than let's chase the largest number. But that can be a conversation for another time. Okay, so all of that said, college humor turns out still does exist, and they are creating content. And a lot <laughs> of this content that they're creating is for, um, I believe, what's their other service, which is Dropout TV. But you can still view this content on YouTube. They'll post teasers. They'll even po- post some full episodes. And then ultimately, they go back and they promote Dropout TV. I have not checked out Dropout TV. Could be could be great. I have no idea. Uh, but I will say I'm enjoying the content enough that I very well may check out Dropout TV. So the two things I'm going to draw your attention to, um, uh, the the primary one is Game Changer. So what Game Changer is, is it's a game show. Sorry? So sorry, yes? No, th- uh, like music started playing when I was trying to like look oh, up okay. what you were telling us about, so I'm sorry. Yep, no worries, no worries, hold on. I don't think we heard that. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I thought it was yeah. something you guys could probably hear. So. I heard you say the it's word good. Atari. That's Atari? what I heard. Atari? <laughs> yep. So Game Changers is a game show that doesn't have any rules, or at least the people watching the game show don't know what the rules are. So when the, the game starts, and it's set on this retro, like, I don't know if it would be 60s or 70s, this, like, retro, thick-line, rounded Like, board. late 60s, yeah. Yeah, set, um, and it has a, a host, and the host will just start asking questions to each uh, person, you know, in the panel, each contestant. There's typically three to four contestants, um, and he'll ask a question, the person not knowing what the goal of the game is will answer and they might get it right. They might get it wrong, but over the course of the game, they figure out what the game is. So they all start not knowing. And over the course of the game, once they figure out what elicits a right answer, then they understand what they're actually trying to accomplish. And then by the time they figure out what they're trying to accomplish, the game is just getting more and more ridiculous. So they keep adding additional layers onto it. So it's always just getting like a bit wilder. Uh, ultimately, there is a winner and loser, but as as if it matters, and with a with a game in a format like this, uh, <laughs> they do use uh, people from the College Humor staff, and they rotate in and out. So w- once you kind of meet the common cast of characters, then uh, it, it's fun to see how they will purposely pick people who's who have strengths within specific games. Yeah. Um. And 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 how that plays out. So uh, one example is um. Well, you know, I don't, I, there's no reason to give an example because what I'm realizing now is they only have, I believe, three episodes of this on YouTube right now. Yes. So how about I don't tell you what they are? You can watch them. The episodes are not terribly long. They're about 30 minutes or, or like 27 yeah. minutes. They're kind of typical um, 
uh, uh, show length. But if you enjoy them, then they have a whole season of this on Dropout TV that you can actually go watch. And again, they do have the full uh, three full episodes on YouTube. Um, I'm very, very impressed with this show. And it's not... Uh, the production is good enough. I mean, it's uh, uh, four things that are made for YouTube. I mean, it it it's it rivals most of the the top content. Um, but it's the people. The people are very captivating. Yes. They're very funny. They all have very good chemistry, and you get the sense that they've been. It just feels like they've been doing this for decades. It feels very. Um, um, uh, well developed and something that you couldn't get with someone that you just uh, you know uh, barely know. Uh, you get the sense that you're hanging out with people that have been lifelong friends, and I don't even know that they all are, right? But that's the sense that it gives. It off. feels yeah. like it, it. Honestly, it feels like you are there. Like it, it feels like you're playing. You're you're playing with friends, right? And you're trying to figure it out while they're figuring it out. They are on TikTok as well. You can follow, and they'll do highlights of different shows on TikTok. And I find myself many nights laying in bed late at night, just watching their TikTok and watching their like clips from, from different things. Um, they're so funny. Like they, they're incredibly quick witted. I would love to see these same, these same, the same crew of people, including the host do a new version of whose line is it anyway? That they would, oh, they would course. kill, they would kill. Is that it the show. same people every episode or? There's like it, a 10 it, people that they shuffle okay, around. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it is like whose lines anyway, kind of where they had like a certain yeah. number yeah. of people yes. that yeah. are in the pool and whoever's available comes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. they'll favor certain games <laughs> with me. certain people because they're, they're well suited for those things. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, it, it game changer, game changer is very, very funny. Yeah, yeah it sounds funny. Their humor fits. Uh, well, it, it clearly fits what I enjoy. It's not. Um, how do I say this? It's all very, very grounded. It's not over the top. It's not um, too. Um, I, I was talking to someone about this week. I don't like comedians that feel the need to be funny all the time. <laughs> like I like people that that um, can have normal sounding conversations, but obviously make funny remarks through normal conversations and i like people who, whose humor doesn't feel like an act like i i, I like people whose, whose humor feels very natural and like something that you would encounter anyway they're not going to like flip a mm -hmm. switch and it's going to go away type thing uh and i think that's mostly what you get it's it's a very very grounded humor but but intensely funny brennan is is uh my favorite uh person currently but brennan's also the person i'm most familiar with because uh, if you've ever seen any of the college humor like um you know uh movie pass ceo blah 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 or um tide ceo blah 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 brennan's the one that always plays the ceo in those cases uh so i'm i'm personally a big fan of him because he's who i've i've been introduced to uh or who i've who i've watched the longest but very very funny the other one i would say if you're going to check out college uh humor is uh check out don't laugh news um, the way <laughs> this is set up is it's a newsroom. So you have someone, uh, you know, kind of like two people at the desk and someone in the field and someone over in weather, blah, blah, blah. Um, and in the teleprompter, they're all reading from a teleprompter. It has been written out, but they have no idea what they're about to read. And every time one of them <laughs>, laughs, every time one of them laughs, they uh, lose a point, basically. And whoever laughs the most is, is the loser that's how it works and so it's these people just trying to read 
whatever's on the teleprompter as a straight newscast trying not to laugh. And those are a lot shorter. Those are anywhere from like five to 10 minutes, but those are, are very fun. Just like, uh, yeah, very fun watches on like a coffee break or something. So I like that they also have a yeah. mix of short form and then also longer form comedy as well. So that's all college humor is not dead. <laughs> YouTube.com um, slash college humor to check it out. And again, if you're looking for something, uh, game changer is a great place to start, but they've got a lot of, a lot of other stuff that you might find interesting. I'm yep. glad to hear that you already watched it, Andrew, because this stuff is, I mean, it's right up your alley. Seems like well. Will's already watched it as well, uh, reading the chat. So yeah. you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Again, I thought they died years ago, but no, they're all still here. They're all still Yeah, I definitely, so I them. remember, uh, yeah, I remember them like folding up or whatever. I didn't realize that they clung on, but that's good for them. I always liked their sketches and stuff, so. Yeah. Long live college humor. <laughs> uh, that's it for me. Lauren, finish us up. All right, so uh, I got past TV, and uh, we're going to go to the recent recent past uh, because Kenobi just ended. And I know we've kind of, like, chatted a little bit about this uh, throughout the season, but I think, like, it's, you know, a big Star Wars event TV. We can we can talk about it as a master category if we're not going to do a whole episode. Uh, and we are going to do spoilers, so full spoilers for Kenobi. Uh, here we go. <laughs> if you haven't watched through Episode 6, don't listen. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. I, hang on, I, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Are there be spoilers ahead? There we go. That's what I was missing. All right. Perfect. Go ahead. All right. So yes, Kenobi is over, and uh, I don't know. This is this is a tough one because I feel like I I lie in the middle on this one. Like I am the Bendu. Uh, I don't. I like a lot of things. I think some things are excellent, and I think some things were not excellent and are very confusing and weird. So. Like, I think that when we were talking about, like, the Star Wars TV shows, like, not as good as Mando, better than Book of Boba Fett. Um, I have mixed feelings about seeing a season two, for sure. And we can kind of get to that when we maybe get to the end of this talk and, like, what might season two be about and stuff like that. Uh, but I I think this was a tough fight for them. I think that given the limitations of, like, how how stuck they were with with the story and what they decided to go after, like that so much like you know you definitely could have broken canon really easily by having like these big of characters all together and like i think sometimes they came pretty close to breaking canon like every week on twitter you know is what everyone was talking about and i waited until the end to kind of make a final decision because i'm like well i haven't seen where this is going and like they're leaving cliffhangers and stuff so like i don't want to say that like there's no way that this can work out but like i did definitely like feel more than once like they like the writers and stuff were constrained by the limitations of trying to fit this into the story canon not break anything but still tell this meaningful story with so many of the main characters because like even just choosing not to have leia in it would have made a big difference because like as much as i loved her in this series like if they didn't have it you have a whole new character who has no history that we know about so like i think something that like happened throughout this whole series was like we we knew what happened to so many of these characters like the final battle between even like you know like vader and obi-wan we know neither of them are gonna die you know like they can't have a lot of things happen and so like i i did and and we've seen like other fights with vader and stuff like if you've watched rebels but like it, it was different how that ended in a way than i think this ended where it didn't feel as baffling um so like 
Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that, like, overall, I liked way more things about this series than I didn't. And I kept hearing this on a podcast where, like, this was a series where, like, the internet was, like, very divided in its feedback throughout the entire show. And so, like, um, I was always in, like, like liking I definitely like it more than not. And it's the thing is, like, would I rather have these gripes than not get this show? Absolutely. Like, I, I, I have problems with it, but I still think there's, like, way more in this show to like than not. Like, I think that, like, the moments that are good are so good that they might be worth the entire show anyway. So like what, that what last are those fight. moments? Yeah, like, go through the moments. Well, let's end on the moments that are good. Start with the moments that frustrated you. Yeah, sure. So I think, like, the last episode had the most stuff that frustrated me, or at least, like, to me stands out the most because I kept... um kind of waiting to like judge certain things until it was over. And then once it was over, it was like, oh, really? And so like, I, I just like things like when uh, they're in the Star Destroyer and the entire like, you know, like a huge group of people is in the Star Destroyer chasing after the little rebel ship. And Vader's like, no, we can only take the entire Star Destroyer to go chase after the ship because Obi-Wan is on it. It's that important. But then about two seconds later, it's like, it's cool. I'm, going I'm just going to take off in my own private ship because I want to fight him by myself. And and they even brought it up in the episode where someone's like, are you sure that's the best idea, Vader? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, though. That makes sense with, with Anakin because Anakin is so emotional. No, no, no. I, he I, makes I, decisions that don't make sense because of, he's too emotional. I do agree that that's like what they're getting at. However... There's there, there that ship should be equipped with dozens of TIE fighters. You couldn't right. have sent like a few to chase after that ship. Yeah. Even if they're not going to take that ship down, just follow them, find out where they go. Like it just seemed like um, a big uh, boo-boo on the, the and, Empire's part. And it also, and equally, that, that ship was able to turn on a dime. That thing went, <laughs> that thing went, was going after that ship and it was like, oh, and <laughs> just go. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's, that's a really big ship. I don't know that it can, I don't know that it can turn that quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I'll get over the, like, ship-turning thing over some of these other things. Like, you know, uh, I I think that it was tough when you... This this is probably the biggest one, is that, like, I, I liked that last fight between Vader and Kenobi, but I have a hard time understanding why Obi-Wan didn't kill him then. Because, like, if he fully has accepted that Anakin died, like he says that in this scene then he has no reason to, like, leave him alive and be, like, a terrorist to the entire galaxy. And he now bears, I think, more responsibility for this because he had one level where, like, he thought he killed Anakin. Like, he thought he did his part of, like, killing his brother and leaving him for dead. That's, like, you know, what he thought was good enough. And then, like, he finds out he's back. He finds out he's super evil. He hears it from his own mouth, and then he chooses to, like, walk away at the end of the fight. And if you've seen Rebels and you've seen that version of the Vader fight, like Ahsoka leaves because something happens where she is not able to finish that fight. And I think they even had a moment where like Obi-Wan could have left because he sensed that Luke was in danger and that's why he left. Like he knew like either can save this kid or kill Vader and what Jedis do is save people. So I need to go protect this kid. That would have worked for me. But the fact that like it kind of feels like it at least isn't edited in a way where it feels like that's what he's thinking or anything. So to me, it felt like he just yeets out of the fight for no reason and then like goes to Tatooine. And I thought that it made sense if you were like, he must go back to protect Luke, but it wasn't connected in any way. And then that was this weird way to kind of wrap up Reva's story. And I, I didn't have as much of a problem with her like going after Luke as I do just kind of that thing where it's like, 
how does Luke not remember any of this? Like, you know, like he's supposed to have like lived this very mundane life until this point. So I do think that that's a bit valid. I mean, like, I mean, he there, fell he down, that, he fell down in that stuff. canyon. He fell down in that canyon. And he could have. I know. His head. Yeah, he gets knocked out, and and like they don't. He doesn't actually see like right. like Reva outside of her hood or anything. So it is believable. But I just felt like it wasn't. It didn't feel necessary in the end to have that that storyline. And so like I, I don't know. It just like it was awkward to me. She needed. A, she needed a redemption though. She needed a redemption. Yeah, and I actually liked the like overall idea of Reva. She made some extremely stupid decisions where like Obi-Wan is literally like the key to defeating Vader is to fight him while he's distracted by me. And then she l- literally waits till the minute after Obi-Wan leaves to try and pick a fight. Really bad idea. Really terrible idea. So well, That's what happens when you're led by your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, she's clearly dabbling in the dark side more than a little bit. So I, I don't know. Like, I think that these things are, are tough to swallow. I feel like they 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 really just had a tough job trying to, like, squeeze all this in into canon and keep it all in line and stuff. And so and then now that they're talking about adding season two, it makes me nervous because I'm like, you already kind of hit a lot of the things that I thought you would talk about. Yeah. Like, how are you going to keep having him fight Vader over and over? That doesn't really work because, like, in new hope you have it like vader says to him like i haven't seen you in a long time so it can't just be like they fought a year ago or something that doesn't really like feel as important as that line felt when we first you know like doesn't have the drama of it i guess that we like maybe assumed based on that movie and like that's what they're trying to add emphasis to so it it, it is a little i don't think that everything worked great i think there are though some moments that are so good and like so um, in mind of the canon that it's like hard to like just give them no credit because I'm like clearly you thought about some of this stuff so the fact that some of the other stuff feels so weak is frustrating does that make sense how so how do you fix it in your opinion I think it definitely could have stayed as a movie I think that that would have cut out a lot of the chaff and then also like you would have had less time to like predict that Reva was I'm um, going to make that like switch over, you know, between sides more than once and stuff. So I think that that could have worked better. I just don't I I I also feel like this needed to be more limited than they're clearly going to make it. Like the fact that they're having a season 2 kind of is a, a red flag for me, like and and was as soon as that came up because I'm like you're really reading between the lines to get to this story anyway. Having it keep going is really I think pushing to where you're going to overlap at some point and it won't you're pushing Quite your luck. Work, you're I pushing think. your luck because there Thank was for you. sure yeah, these yeah. these moments, and and you and I had this conversation after our Spe- Star Wars spectacular episode where we were like, "What's what's happening with the Grand Inquisitor? Because he can't be dead because we know he shows yes. up later." Like they they worked that out, and like, okay, that's fine. But but I, I but yeah, keep go going, and how you're just gonna have to keep working around things, and inevitably you're going to work around something so much like you'll have mixed the you'll have mixed the concoction so much that it just everything becomes muddied. It's, yeah, it's like diluted. Yeah. yeah, it's just not it's not good anymore. Whereas like the- Rogue One like added some spice to the mix that was really good. This is maybe going to make it taste gross. You know, <laughs> if you keep going, I, I agree. Like there's if you fill in every single second of what happened between all of the things we've seen over the years, inevitably even Filoni is not going to be able to keep keep up with all of that. Like even even the top people will they're going to falter. They're going to they're going to drop some balls for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, like, I think that, like, I can see some things where, like, obviously they didn't touch any of the Qui-Gon stuff. I think that's, like, super rich to, like, dive into for season two. But, like, other than that, I don't actually know what they would do. I guess, like, you know, you could have him, um, you know, like, it does make more sense in the fact that, like, he now knows, like, that Vader is running around, that he is Anakin, and then, like, that he chooses to just, like, let let all and like all the stuff with the inquisitors like that he just chooses to like chill in the desert and let all this happen feels weird to me like yeah. i don't know it doesn't feel like he's very noble or or like i don't know like i definitely had a different impression of like why like i definitely thought like he had a quest or whatever that's why he was hiding in the desert and like actually helping luke but then as as much as i cried when he's like do you want to meet luke i I, I'm like, how is he never like, ha, like we don't know what happens from this point, I guess. But like, we do know. At least, like, I mean, talk we, to him. As I say, we did know that he has talked to him before. And I, here's my here's my couple of things that I want to clarify. Are we to assume that Tashi is that his name? Tashi. Oh, like Tashi Station, that guy. Like, like I'm going to Tashi's for some power converters, like that. Yeah. Right. Are we to assume that that's who that was? Yes, that was what I... That's Tashi, yeah. like the walrus-looking guy? Okay, cool. I, like, I believe so. Or or at least that's his shop or like he works at Tashi Station or whatever. Yeah, I think. I'm, I, I kept waiting for someone to walk in and go, Hey, uh, Tashi, I need a bubba dubba dubba. <laughs> uh, they didn't do that. <laughs> so I was like, oh. No, I was, I was actually... Yeah, I was going to say Tashi I was... Station by the time that Luke is there, I actually... I was going to say, I was channeling <laughs> Watto when I did that. Uh, yeah. Hey, I like the theory now that the walrus guy just works there and Watto actually does own Tashi Station. Like, he made it big with the money that P Qui Gon gave him for the pod racer and stuff. <laughs> Speaking of Qui Gon, welcome back yeah. to the franchise, everybody. He made it. Yeah. Force goes, baby. <laughs> uh, and that wig was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was Even the bad... like blue filter didn't hide it. <laughs> it was a bad wig. Um, but Qui the return of Qui Gon CGI moments throughout this whole series where it's like, what? Did I... all your money go to you and McGregor? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, all of their money went to the one quarter of uh, of Hayden Christensen's face. <laughs> like that's all yeah. of it went to that one that one piece that we got to see finally. Um, I will go back and use that as a segue to talk about things that I really liked and like that fight and specifically like all the things that happen when the helmet is cracked open, like every line that he says, the things they were doing with the lighting, this thing and the doing, voice, like, the crackling, the, the of voice and the breathing in and like, out of fact, uh, of James Earl oh Jones and Hayden Christensen's voice like that meshing was really nice. Yeah, like and uh, like when they choose to do it and stuff was like really emotional. I think it was like freaking brilliant. Like I love that like Obi Wan like attacks him so viciously, like beating him with the hilt of the lightsaber, like smash his breather, and then he's like, "You, the Darth Vader that we know that is the scariest dude ever." Like that sound just turns into the most pathetic thing you've ever heard. Well, you, and it, like it, it's just you incredible. empathize. Like, you you become you become yeah. empathetic to that character, realizing like. This thing right here, as powerful of, of a force being as he is and as evil as he is, right? Like all of these things, yes, you have to concede that that that's true. At the end of the day, this this uh this respirator on his chest is all that's keeping him alive. <laughs> like, yeah. He is he is a withered. He's, he's just and like beaten a torso man. and like yes. yeah, like he has like no yeah, like he's barely alive uh, like without the suit. And exactly. So it is like 
Yeah, so and it, like it was and obviously very, it like Obi Wan has. Yeah, it was very it was very grounding and like like recentering of like oh yeah at the end of the day this this is a he's weak, still a kid in this there. is a weak like, yeah a weak almost dead person inside of a suit that feels very menacing i'm sitting yeah. right here <laughs> <laughs> but but stuff like like that fights like the the calls back to the twilight of the apprentice fight and things like that like that shows me that they care on this level that makes it hard to swallow some of the other decisions that aren't as thoughtful where it's like even just the lighting in that fight is meaningful like that's insane like it, it they really just uh, like for like that that was the moment that this series needed to build to and like other than the very last 10 seconds very into it like love that stuff um i think i think in the end i loved all the stuff with leia i think like it was really fun to spend more time with her um, as a younger character, especially because we have spent a lot of time with Luke, I think by comparison to Leia. So to like have more time with her is super cool. And like there are comics about like her when she's younger. And so like I can totally see them dipping into that kind of thing now. And that could be fun. Um, I think like um, I loved the like little moment with the the clone trooper that we got to see. I I mean, it'll be I, I was another thing that's like interesting that they set up is like that whole like library of like frozen jedi people that's on the like uh inquisitors base and i feel like that could be a big plot point for season two maybe is like trying to help some of those people if they're even alive yeah and show us who some of those people are like actually do something with that that like the only theory i've heard around that that i like and there wasn't a payoff I totally agree with that. And the one theory I've heard around that that I like is that, like, maybe one of the people in there um, was Rogan's wife, like, um, Ice Cube's son. Like, his character said, like, his wife was a Jedi that was taken, or, like, a Force-sensitive person that was taken by the Inquisitors. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Now he has, like, a deeper connection to this guy. But that ended up not being a thing. And then it ends up feeling like that entire episode on uh, Fortress Inquisitus, Inquisitus or whatever that's called. Like, I think that that actually fell really flat and should have been one of the most exciting episodes because it was, like, re-rescue Leia and then, like, to do, like, to a lot of the stuff that didn't matter there, I guess. Like, even that stuff that could have mattered, like the Frozen Jedi, never was spoken of again. He never even like asks if anybody knows someone who, there. I don't know. It just yeah. felt like weird things. And I know that they changed things in order to be able to extend this into season two. But then I'm also like, did you really not have Qui-Gon in the whole show? Was that the plan all along? I don't believe that. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? To like, oh, I don't, I have a hard time thinking that like, if this had just been like one season or a movie that Qui-Gon would have only been in it at the end to just say like, oh, ha ha. Looks like you finally learned to use the force again. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would yeah. have just been like a dumb joke at the heel of the show. He would have like inspired Obi-Wan to be able to go fight Anakin. Yeah. Like, I think that that was like what I was expecting. And I don't, I knowing that they're season two, I have less of a problem that Qui-Gon literally had two lines in this whole thing. But I, especially because like the whole show is like master and apprentice to not include Qui-Gon who dying wish was for obi-wan to take care of but anakin I, but can i tell you i think you, that's rough <laughs> but can i tell you can i tell you why this was a like it, this was a no-win situation if they had done the what you just said expensive. if no if you had if they had done what you just said the entirety of the internet would say that's exactly what happened in the last jedi 
because that's what Yoda did with Luke, and that's what he had to do to go and and train uh, Ray. Like they would, people would be frustrated that that yeah. we had seen that already. Like, and so, well, it's, it's a damned if you do damn itself and and do that sort of I know. thing. So I don't have a huge problem. But what with I'm saying it, is, it's like, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Like, like if you I, try I, something I new. Like you're people are going to like it or they're not going to like it. If you do something old, people are going to say you're just rehashing something that you've already done. Yeah, I, I think it's a tough spot. That's why I think that this show had a tough battle to fight between like trying to make everybody happy, trying to fit into the continuity without and be new and exciting without breaking anything. They just had a tough time. <laughs> like yeah. like even like that whole thing in the last episode where Reva goes to Tatooine, I had no worries because I'm like, Luke is fine. Guru is fine. And Owen is fine. Right. No, yeah, at the if end of Reba the day, if Reba dies, it's, that's sort of sad. But I don't, I don't really yeah. feel that attached to her. So, what would you say at the end of the day? Everything is said and done. What's your, what's your rating? Your blank out of ten rating? What would you say of the whole series? I think I'd still give it like B or B plus because, like, I <laughs> the moments that I will remember are so good, and that's the problem I have with this show. Where it's like, I want to, I, I objectively cannot, wait, 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 let me finish this thought though. Like, I objectively understand that I have problems with this and this maybe isn't like that good of a show, but I had fun watching it every week. And like, I don't like to be a Star Wars fan who just hates Star Wars because of nitpicks and shit. That's like, not what we're I laughing like at. I Star Wars. I had fun with it. We're <laughs> laughing at the fact that we had, we gave you a zero I to ten. On zero oh, to one hundred, and you, yeah, the, our our ranking as a as a podcast is a zero out of ten. Patrick has made it okay. one out of a hundred, and you just made it an A B C D scale. <laughs> I'll do what I want. <laughs> Good lord! You this can is... translate it to the number system, however you. Yeah, think, that's but, yeah, way so... easier to translate than what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it? You I mean, give there's it an still eight. like a very specific criteria that you'd give you it an eight plus, or an so... eighty five or an, an eight point five right like yeah yeah i think yeah. somewhere in that range because i think i, I would say five i i really liked the show and like right when we finished the end of it i was like i was feeling really good it's just when you sit and think about some of this stuff a little longer like i didn't love it as much but i i will rewatch it i will be i'll be there for season two i just like i i definitely have some mixed feelings about it overall but like it's fun to live in a land where we get this much Star Wars, you know, like, yeah. and, and like I said before, I'd rather have this show and have a few problems with it than not have it at all. It's absolutely like, uh, like there's some really great moments in this. Yeah. So you weren't able to give it an A for Ahsoka, but you were able to give it a B for, yeah. I assume, Benjamin. Benjamin Warren. You mean old Ben Kenobi? Benjamin Warren <laughs> Kenobi, the yeah. third Esquire. Yeah. Um, I guess okay. second season will be like, who is his brother? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that ostensibly we, uh, that's the word. Ostensibly, <laughs> that's it. Was, Isn't that what I said way earlier? No, no, you said offensively or something. That is not what I said. <laughs> you said obstetrician, and I knew it was. A, you said a, reflex, reflexively. Um, Roll the tape, Gary. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's going to be it for our, our episode. Go ahead and grab your dice. We're going to roll our dice to figure out what our categories are for next week. Um, but yeah, that's going to be that's going to be it for this. There's there's so much more to talk about. And the way to do that is to hop over into our Slack channel. There's there's stuff going on in there. There's a Disney channel where we talk about all the goings on of things at Disney. There's a TV channel in there where we talk about 
things like uh, Obi-Wan or the bear or whatever in, uh-huh. in threads where we get to talk more in depth about this stuff. Um, uh, movies and then just our general channel where we post all sorts of fun and random stuff. Check out our Slack channel if you're not in it. It is it is a great yeah. time. Lots of really, really yeah. incredible people who have lots to say about lots of different things. Mof1.network slash Slack. The link is open again. Share that link with your friends. Say, hey, here's a cool place to hang out with some cool people. Join me, won't you? Um, and maybe we'll do a giveaway to uh to to people who are who are sharing um, the link, um, but just go ahead and do that. Like, share what's going on. If you're if you're excited about what's happening here and you're a part of the community, invite your friends into it. We want to continue to grow this community and uh, and have more fun with more people. Okay, so each week we figure out what we're going to talk about by rolling our dice, uh, and I think it's time for us to do that here in in the channel. So, uh, Patrick, why don't you start us off by rolling? All right, let me make sure I read this the correct way because it can be one or the other. Uh, this is a nine, everybody. So it is not higher than a nine, which means the answer is no, which means I just won my money back. (laughs) That's true. And then I also rolled a three, which is future. I just won 26,000 channel points. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, great trivia. Perfect. So, uh, come prepared to do some, uh, trivia next week. I will, I will bring... I have Full an idea for trivia. you. I have an idea for you, Patrick, that we can okay. talk about off air. That's okay. fine, but we will. It, we, it won't end up on the episode, like on the full episode, but we will run actual trivia during our record next week. So if you want to participate in trivia, come ready to do that. Yes. Okay. Woo. Uh, Lauren, go ahead and roll. I got a six. <laughs> oh, six. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. TV again. <laughs> Watch the bear. Talk about it some more. I got a, I got a one. Yeah. So pass TV. <laughs> All right. I'm going to roll. I rolled a one, which means you guys get to decide. And I rolled a three, which means future, whatever you guys decide. Check out mof1.network to find show notes and links on all the stuff that we just talked about. Uh, and while you're at it, join the Slack channel like we just mentioned. And, uh, you know, follow us over on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash mof1podcast. Follow the podcast to make sure you know when all the different episodes are going live. But on top of that, become a subscriber. Uh, it doesn't have to cost you anything. If you're already a Prime member over at Amazon, just click the the subscription and use your Prime sub. It Just do that every month. It doesn't cost you any money, but it throws a couple bucks our way. Helps us continue to do the things that we like to do, like this show. Um, but I think besides that, find us on social media at M of One Podcast. And uh, congratulations to uh, Saxophone Ritter. Who was it that won our thing? Sax Rebo. Sax Rebo. Uh, I wasn't Stax. that far off. Um, Stax. Yeah. Stax like, a, you know, one on top of the other. Oh, <laughs> like Stax. Okay. S-T-A-X. See, I thought it was Sax but, Rebo, and I thought it was cooler like a... tastes like keyboard. I, I know. You but, could play that on a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> you would get on a keyboard. Uh, on that note you can find me at andrew sale with threes instead of e's i'm at not cool co everywhere and i'm at ostensibly (laughs) austin hyphen 
Inevitably. We're going to get out of this episode. If anybody's in Denver this weekend, I will be at uh, Denver Fan Expo. So come say hello. Unless you're weird, then stay away. (laughs) Yeah. If you're awesome, come (laughs) hang out. If not, don't. On that note, I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I think you're all great. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. I'm watching Warzone. I'm watching Warzone. Who's winning? Oh, <laughs>